Hello, Trollsters. Matt here. I wanted to give you a little update before we do this week's episode. First, huge apologies for not getting more episodes out this summer. I just realized it's been a few weeks since our last release. We did have them in the can, but we've been uh, moving. Uh, I've been living at my brother's, and we've been looking for a house. Uh, Nate's been uh, putting offers on houses, too, you know, building his um, his empire down there in, in the Nashville area. So we've been kind of, um, I don't know, what do you say, busy? That's the excuse anyways. Um, but we've also been busy doing a ton of stuff and so we've got uh, we've got some some fun plans I want to share with you, like this: the BC Roadshow. Bad Christian, the podcast, is doing a roadshow, and uh, basically the roadshow it's like a circus sort of. There's a there's a full event, kind of like a mini conference. Um, there's going to be a live podcast, and there's going to be a concert. And at this concert, Nate Henry's band Sherwood is going to be playing along with. Matt Carter, Toby, uh, Toby Morell's band, Emery, and my band with my wife, Vocal Few. And also, one of our fave guests on Don't Feed the Trolls podcast, Tyson Motzenbacher. So we've got Emery Sherwood, Bad Christian Podcast, Tyson Motzenbacher, Vocal Few. We're also going to do kind of a, a, a mini conference. So before the concert, which will have no local bands, only good music, we promise. Uh, well, we'll try at least. Um, before the concert, there's going to be like breakout groups and panel discussions, and we're going to do like a meet and mingle and a happy hour and just hang out and, and kind of have this immersive experience with you potentially, hopefully you, the audience. So, um, the Bad Christian podcast is going to be there. Nate and I might be surprise guesting on some of that. Uh, Dan Koch from Depolarized podcast and also in Sherwood, he's going to be there. So it's going to be a big family party and we are inviting you to that party if you live in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenboro, Greens <laughs> sorry, Greensboro, uh, North Carolina, Lynchburg, Virginia, Teaneck, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, Brooklyn, New York, Pittsburgh, PA, Akron, Ohio, and Louisville, Kentucky. And if you're not on that list um, or you're not anywhere near those don't worry, we're, if this goes successful, for one. So if you are there, go, because then we can bring it to other places. So there's tickets for the full event up on um, bcroadshow.com, and the full event is kind of limited. They're not, we're not going to do the whole uh, mini conference for like 200 people. It just won't work um, with seating and stuff like that. So if you want to get tickets uh, to the all-day, I guess it actually starts at 4 p.m., so it's like three and a half hours before the doors um, there's a big hang and a bunch of stuff like they're, we're doing unplugged performances from the bands. We're doing a Q&A, uh, meet and mingle. We're going to do panel conversations. We're going to do breakout groups where we can really uh, converse and hang with people. So it's going to be awesome. Anyways, uh, go to bcroadshow.com and we already. OK, so I got to tell you, we um, our, our patrons just got an AMA episode that Nate and I did. Um, up at patreon.com and we, we gave them a little discount code, which I'm now going to share with you guys. So, uh, if these full event tickets are not full yet, then you have an opportunity to get 10% off. So if you go to bcroadshow.com, you click the full event and you type in the code DFTT, that stands for don't feed the trolls, 10 DFTT 10, that's DFTT one zero. That is your 10% off discount code. So, um, Use it. 
because you listen to our podcast and we are so thankful for your support and your ears and your engagement. And um, if you want to support us uh, on a monthly basis with a dollar, maybe five bucks, go to patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls and we would appreciate your support in that regard. All right, on to our episode of the day. We had a long conversation with Italian-born uh, Eugenio Signorelli, and uh, it was pretty fascinating. We talked about culture and tradition and some interesting uh, anecdotes and comparing uh, U.S. to Italian cultures. Um, it was just uh, a fun conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Don't Be the Trolls, a podcast where we hope you don't put us on mute, because today we're talking about a country that's shaped like a boot. <laughs> right? Okay, all right. That's that that I guess that's okay. That's a seven out of ten. That'll pass. Hey, we haven't done the, the rhyme in a while, but but uh, we're getting better at this because we're cutting through the fluff. We're going straight to the guests lately. We're giving you what you want on your commute to work or whatever you're doing out there. Right. But uh, we don't even have anything to report. We got no emails. We got no patrons. We're just going to go s- we got straight nothing. to it, right? We're just going to go straight to talking about Italy. Italy just crushes America in so many ways, and I get tired of consumerism, and sometimes I wish I lived in Europe, and I thought, there's a lot of trolls there. We needed to talk about this. <laughs> so uh, my buddy who I met in Florence, actually Dan Koch met him, but we'll talk about that in a second. Let's bring on Eugenio Signorelli, my Italian friend who is way more smarter than I am. Way more smarter. Way way smarter than me. Uh <laughs> All right, let's get him on the call. All righty. I'm, I'm recording right now, so we should be good. Heck yeah. All righty. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, my friend, Eugenio Signorelli. Is that how you say your last name? I don't think yeah, I've ever yeah, said it. Yeah, yeah. Signorelli okay. is like it's at GN, like sounds more like a nye. But yeah, almost, it's yeah. Close, close enough. Yeah, well, I can't, you know, that's why we brought you on because you got to educate us on how to everything oh, no. the Italians say just sounds more pretty and beautiful. <laughs> but because I can't help but think that we're just going to stereotype the hell out of you and your country. It's okay. I love we that. We should just we should just start with a cheesy true and false game. So we're going to ask you a question, you say true or false and you can you can you can elaborate if you want to, but no big deal. Okay. All right. So uh, Italian is just like French. Uh. <laughs> please please never do please never say that <laughs> ever this ever ever the ever the most offensive thing you could say to an italian yeah person. yeah yeah it's like, it's like saying to a canadian that they're almost american you know like, it's 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 almost like that see exactly probably, Ital- probably a touch worse i, I would say but so you're, so you're gonna say false on that one then right i, I guess yeah yeah false. <laughs> italians eat spaghetti every day it's very false <laughs> it's uh it's it is very very false and unfortunately like i know that it's like a very like stereotypical thing to think that we have we are a very uh big pasta eater we are but we're not it's not like oh my god we eat pasta every day um yeah no, so it's false. it's definitely like a false a false a false myth for sure okay italians are romantic uh oh boy that's uh uh i would say probably yes they are. They're very emotional. So I would put the the the, the romantic side of, of that into the emotional pot. Um, so yes, true. All right, we got a true. 
the the mafia secretly runs the country. The mafia secretly runs the country. It is extremely true. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And even if it isn't, you should say it's true, or else you get. Oh, it is true. It is true. Otherwise, <laughs> you're gonna get like, uh, yeah, followed or something like that. Um, okay, this is fun. I'm having a good time. Italian people often say "Mamma Mia," that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, it's it's a part partly true. A "Mamma Mia" more than often say it's a spicy meatball. Not really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, "Mamma Mia" is definitely used. Okay, and my last my last one. This is definitely, I think, the most true. Most Italian men are plumbers, spend their day working, jumping on turtles, eating mushrooms, and saving princesses, right? I would love to say yes, but that's that's definitely like a, like a no, like a false. <laughs> awesome. But it would be great. Like, I don't know. Like, it would be definitely like a great, great country to live. I would actually consider <laughs> to move back. <laughs> yeah, it's probably if you eat the mushrooms first, then that might happen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say from, you know, stereotypical, you know, stereotypically speaking, you guys have great pasta, wine, espresso, gelato, good markets, sandwiches, decent yeah. public transportation, lots of history, pizza, architecture, leather, fashion in general. You guys got really sweet cars, fast cars. Um, the, the Italians don't really mess around. And, um, and I kind of wanted to bring you on the podcast because – when I met you, you took me on basically a tour of Florence and you knew more about your history than any r- random person I've ever met. You just like, I was like, do you do this for a living? Are you like a tour guide? What is going on? <laughs> I, I consider so on a certain point, but yeah. But tell us a little bit about yourself, um, kind of, uh, you know, your story, where you grew up, uh, now you're living in America. Uh, what are some striking differences that you see in our culture? We can kind of get this conversation going. Um, yeah, I, 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 I was born near Rome. Um, my, my family moved to uh, a little port town in Tuscany <clears throat> about when I was two years old. Uh, so I got raised in a very like small uh, village on the coast of Tuscany. I moved to Florence when I was about 18 um, started at university, then went completely into food and wine, kind of gave up to the whole university thing and, and, and nothing. I've been, I've been doing the same basically job since then, uh, been, been in the food and wine industry. I feel that, yeah, like moving over here has been definitely challenging for a lot of the things that I was used to. Um, but it's, it's, there, it's, there's some culture. It just like, it just spread out in a different way. I would say over here, comparatively speaking to Europe, everywhere you go. Where do you live right Um, now? I I live in San Diego. San Diego. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it's sort of like visually it could be like, uh, you know, the Mediterranean a little bit, uh, the, Mm -hmm. the, the, maybe even architecturally some of the houses, the stucco and all that, but. Uh, yeah, I would say culturally, that's got to be a pretty, a pretty different culture than what you would be uh, used yeah, to growing up. Yeah, the 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 I would say probably the lack of cultural is what I'm I'm not used to. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In the in the good and the bad, um, um, I think that the 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 I think when you have something that it's been it's like a culture or like a or, or something that people are being used to do or think or eat or whatever. And it's been there for a very long time. I think that that creates a sense of community on a side for sure, but on the other, like a very stubborn 
kind of hmm. uh, attitude to change. Uh, so on that note, yeah, that's definitely we, we don't, we don't, I don't have that here. Um, well, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, well, first I, f- I forgot to tell people how we met. Um, so <laughs> pretty you, funny actually. So, so remind me if I feel, if I miss some parts, but Dan, Dan mm-hmm. and his wife were traveling through Italy and Dan yep. gets off, Dan gets off a bus and you go, yep. Hey, are yep. you in that band Sherwood? Yeah. Yeah. My brother, my brother gave me like, uh, gave me like, I think the, the summer AP or something like that. And I think we were checking out like some punk rock bids because we got Luca, I do believe, as a mutual friend. Um, okay. And uh, I remember it was like a, this this live of you guys playing. I was like, oh, it's kind of cool band. And like three days later, uh, I was like in the street and I saw Dan like <laughs> coming down the bus. I'm like, that's the dude that I just saw on YouTube uh, <laughs> playing guitar. I'm like, it's actually very nice. So like, I stopped him like, hey, dude, like, because actually he asked me for information first. He asked me no for way. information, I think, to like, to, I remember if like train station or something like that, and or either him or, or Jeffrey. And yeah, and, and basically like, I was like, damn, that's the same guy. And so I asked him, you know, like he can be like a doppelganger or something, but it wouldn't be very odd. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, hey, it's you. It's, are you in the band culture? I was like, yes. I'm like, Jesus, this is so weird. Um, and yeah, and that's how we met. Yeah, it's such a small world. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, I love that story. And then uh, my wife and I, we, my wife, we were um, going to Italy on our honeymoon and Dan was like, hey, got to hit this dude, Eugenio. He's pretty sweet, cool dude, uh, knows his shit, basically. Hit him up when you're in Florence. So I did, and then we had just such a great time, hung out with your friends, grabbed yeah, some mm-hmm. authentic foods, mm-hmm. went around town, saw some art, and mm-hmm. I just had a great time. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I, I, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of, like the culture you have. And I feel like people who have a deep culture seem to do things better when like your grandma's grandma's grandma made something some way. There's like this pride mm-hmm. in to like do it that way or make it that way. And you said that you, it, it can make you stubborn, but I think it lends to like this better experience community. And it's something that i noticed that like Americans just don't have. And I was just kind of jealous. Like I was like, I, I wish, I wish I had some sort of sense of this is what you do because I think a lot of our generations like what do I do with myself? What do I do with my life? Uh, yeah, on one end, I, I, again, I totally understand you, why, why your jealousy came from. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I mean, you also you were in Italy dealing with an Italians traveling and traveling on your time off, right? So you're, yeah. you're basically just seeing the, the 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 good part of it, right? The the bright side of of the of the whole point, I would say. That again. Culture and, and traditions are something that definitely like bound you uh, for life. But as I was saying before, on the other note, is they're definitely something that I'm not missing, especially when I'm here working, for example, um, when it comes, for example, I don't know, to task like problem solving or like thinking about, I don't know, like just having a different sort of attitude or approach to like, uh, like a problem or like an issue or like whatever, you know what I mean? Like to me, the, the the thing about having something that has been so old and, and has been there for so long creates like a very, 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 very stable way of thinking. 
uh, about everything and and um, in a way to belong, right? So you, you yeah, kind of know you know who you are, you know where you come from, you feel like you belong in that. But at the same time, the the flip side of that coin is that you can't escape, you can't break free, you can't. And it's not and it's yeah. not only that, man. It's just more. It's it's also like we've been doing this in this way for ages. There's no other way for doing this. Hmm. And you're like, are you guys are sure about that? Because I I, I can see like kind of three or four ways of doing that. It's like no 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 no. We're so sure. Mm-hmm. 3,000 years doing this way. And you're like, okay. Uh, and it's a thing that it's like never really stoked me too much. Um, and it's what are some examples can... of that? Like, what are some like just generic examples of like, I don't know, you like know. working, for example, the classification of, 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 uh, of, uh, working classes has been the same. I think I have the feeling in, in all Europe for a very long time right now. And there's very few hope into starting from the low and then climbing yourself up the ladder up top, you know, in a, in, in a, whether it be in an industry, whether it be in your own company, whether it be in a working environment, there's, I mean, there's that kind of like mentality, you started here, you're going to die in, yes. in this, in a specific slot, you know So, what so I mean? Mario, Mario and Luigi are just going to be plumbers. Less, exactly. Less, upward, <laughs> less upward mobility with the stability of, of the family and the tradition and the culture. There's less, yeah. there's less upward mobility to, to break free and break out of that and make a name for yourself. Correct. So that makes sense. Yeah. So, you're, so you're saying the downsides are like, look, you know, we have, you know, you can kind of come into the world and have a better idea of like what you're a part of and where you're going. But at the same time, you know, there might be this sort of metaphorical pothole that's been in the road for 500 years. Or, or, or don't dream too big because people are going to like smash on you uh, on you if you dream too big. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's it. That, Matt, that's exactly like a very Italian way of thinking. That's like what your mom tell you, tells you every day since you're like four. <laughs> uh, it's like, Do you feel like yeah. you're going to stay here forever? Right? You're like, okay. <laughs> so you would say there's a kind of just like a cultural almost like laziness so to speak or i don't think it's about lazy being lazy or not there's nothing to do with being lazy just about being yeah. like very very it's like when when you have a partial view of a, of a of of a landscape you're being always exposed to that partial view and you don't really see the whole thing you mistake the horizon for the edge of your rut correct and you're stuck correct. in the trench and correct. you go there's the horizon but it's really just correct closer correct. than you think yeah. yes uh-huh. and i feel that and i feel that over here it's just like it, it's the it's the other way around right there's no culture to support that or very very small culture to support that yeah uh, to support like a stubbornness of we've been doing things things this way for a very long time right. it's like yeah besides like i don't know Maybe some place, some rural area, but oh, yeah. it's not. It's not in the same way. There's not the same kind of attachment. You still feel that even if the, the rural dude like tells you that, it's still way much fresher, which way much newer, right? Um, than 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 my great grandmother telling me that. Oh, you'd be a plumber, Luigi. You don't want to die a plumber, Luigi. <laughs> and, and, That's uh, funny, and it's like you you they keep you in your lane. You stay in your lane. You know we know mm-hmm. you know who you are, and that's a benefit. There's there's downsides. You know I imagine in in San Diego or anywhere. I mean, if there's not a lot of sense of belonging or tradition or knowing who you are, there's a lot of people that are just adrift in life, and maybe they resent life, or maybe they. Um, I was just looking at the crime stats between you know, mm-hmm. comparing the U.S. to Italy. And like you're five times more likely to get murdered in the U.S. than you are in Italy. <laughs> I know the, the thing. The thing about that is that I feel that is has to do all of it also with what you're gonna get killed. 
um, because I mean, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally, I totally see what, what you're, what you're, what you're for, what your point is. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's rough. Uh, I would say over here, the, the, the lack of, 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 of culture, it's something that I, I probably, I, I miss generally when it comes to identity, mm. uh, and especially in my, in my industry, when it comes to identity of food, right. uh, that is for sure. But people yeah. hear that people hear your your Italian accent and they go, "This guy knows about food and wine." So you kind of have it's like a perk. <laughs> what are some I, dumb yeah. what are what are some dumb things that Americans have said to you? Whether they think you're uh, not even from, they might even not even think you're from Italy. Well, I mean, the, 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 <laughs> yeah, the Brazilian is my favorite one. <laughs> are you, are you, it's like, are you Brazilian? I'm yeah. like, please. Um, please. Don't, I don't have anything against Brazilians, but I'm like, I, I don't even. Think that I sound Brazilian at all? Um, the, <laughs> Your the, Portuguese is great. I, oh yeah, my, my Portuguese is fantastic. Um, my, I would say probably more than say, uh, it's what I see on menus. Let me put it out this way. Hmm. It's um, it's it's that it, it that and that again. I think it's, it recollect a lot to what we're talking about right now. It's just like that's how you no, offend. That's how you offend Italian. You. You put out a menu, <laughs> and they're like, "What is this shit?" It's it's not only it's not a point of that. It just I feel that uh, you know you go to like my, one of my 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 wife uh, that peeves to, of, of of living in Italy for seven years were was the the complete absence of ethnic food, right? So there's there's no other food besides Italian food, hmm. or there's uh, very little uh, else than than that. So maybe you can spot some Asian food, and that's definitely like a good. Chinese base. Um, there's a little bit of, of sushi in the last 10, 15 years. It definitely bloomed a lot. It's probably one of the first non-Italian cuisine that has been introduced to the Italian market. Wow. Uh, with success, right? Um, I mean, if you think that, you guys were eating sushi over years like in the 80s. Um, so it's, I mean, if you want to eat Mexican or if you want to eat like Thai or if you want to eat like, I don't know, like Indian, Vietnamese, you name it, you name an awesome cuisine and and there's not a lot of options in Italy besides probably like Rome or Milan that have like a little bit more like a bigger pool of citizens to, to fish from, right? Right. Um, so th- that I feel that it's, it's again, it's, it's another thing that, re- that reflect a very old, not stubborn, but a very old like... Or it's a bit of a monoculture. Mono yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, that's the thing with identity. It is... It, it beca- it, in some sense, it gives you your security and your sense of belonging, yeah. but it is yeah. also tyranny. It it also mm-hmm. forces you into some, you know, to fit in. And uh, for people who are who are maybe a little bit more free spirited, I can imagine that that would be a little bit restrictive, especially when you grow up. It's good yeah, for, for sure. it's good for you as a as a kid, and oh, yeah. you know, a good sense of identity and belonging, and that kind of gives you your 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 strength of character. But if you're if you're not one to fall in line, I imagine that uh, you you rebel. Uh, no, it's rough. It's it's all it's all rough more than everything when you want diversity. Let's let me put it out this way. Hmm. And you were saying what are the the dumbest thing like the, the weirdest thing people ever told me? I think that there are there are there are things that generally are generated from the the, the lack of of understanding of of my culture. So to me, like when I see things on menus, they're like they, they don't have a place. You know what I mean? There's like seven ingredients in a plate. 
Yeah. Right? And it's called Italian food. It's like, there's no Italian food, man. Italian food has like two, three ingredients to the top. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's, that to me, it's dumber than, than asking. It's like, is chicken alf- it's fettuccine alfredo Italian? Which, by the way, it's not. Uh, <laughs> but, like, you know, I mean, that's that's okay. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm used to that level of, of interaction. All of Garden's customers. Italian, right? Do you feel <laughs> yeah, like it's like it's that Olive Garden Italian? Like, do you feel like. Um, Did do. Do the French and the Italians are? Do they take food more seriously than any other cultures in the world? Is that, is that I would, I true? Would, I, I'm not gonna say that because I feel that there's a lot of cultural the cultures in the world that have like a very strong bonding with food. Uh, think about Japanese. Think about Indian. Um, right. But definitely, but definitely, yes. There's a lot of there's a strong uh, connection with with what we eat every day and then the part the kind of diet that we have. Yeah. Um, yes, that's for sure. I would, I'm not going to say that we are the one to take that to the next level. Well, when, you well, have, just, when you have a very strong culture, food is so much of culture. It makes so much yeah, of that. Is. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. you would food would be very important if you have a very strong culture that is dominant. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys yeah. do you guys do a lot of things that are you know not just food. It feels like it feels like you know when we, we were walking through the markets mm-hmm. and. Um, and clearly we weren't there in the tourism season. So all the guys are trying to sell me some leather jackets. <laughs> and, it's, uh, it's, yeah, but, 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 you know, made in Italy is a big deal. You know, you guys take a lot of pride in that. that yeah, I mean, it's the, the whole, the whole, I think that the world is changing and on that note it's changing too. Uh, right now made in Italy is basically can be given to all the products that are not actually being made in Italy, but have been shipped to Italy, being controlled and refinished to Italy. And then they got marked as a made in Italy. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know yeah. what? So there's a lot of stuff from China. There's a lot of stuff from Bangladesh. There's a lot of stuff from 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 other part of, of the world that are being imported into Italy uh, because it's cheaper. Because the the the, the labor is cheaper um, than Italy for sure. And, and but still recognize as as far as the brand that is on the inside of their sleeve of of your of your jacket or or whatever. As made in Italy, just because they've been, I don't know, the last couple of pieces has been sewn together, I don't know, in Verona or in Florence, but the whole mm-hmm. jacket has been built in Bangkok. Yeah, like, a- so, like, like Apple, assembled in yeah. California. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. But where are the pieces? Where are the pieces ever made? Maybe in China, maybe in in, in Thailand, maybe. It is, yeah. It is a weird time though. Did you see mm-hmm. that vir- that viral tweet that went tweet uh, that? That viral tweet, obviously, that's what it was um, about that girl who was wearing that Chinese dress to her prom. And then the guy was like, you know, my culture is not your goddamn prom dress. And it went viral. Did you see that? I did not see that. Oh, lucky you. Well, but, well yeah, <laughs> Matt and I got a, gotten a little bit of the Twitter Twitter fight. Basically, this this white girl from Utah wore this like, you know, it's like a Chinese uh, inspired dress. And uh-huh. this, this kid from Utah you know, kind of commented on it, but it's just kind of, ra- it raises all these questions of like, you know, you're not allowed to enjoy another person's culture or wear anything or eat anything from their culture because, you know, you're demeaning their culture. it. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think that there's like a very thin line, uh, in between demeaning and, and not respecting a culture and just taking that specific aspect of a culture and making it yours, um, and making it personal. Um, and I'm not against it actually at all. Um, it depends the way it's been made. I think that there's always need a little bit of consciousness when it comes to like, I don't know, 
approaching and, and using and maybe bastardizing sometimes a little bit of, of stuff that are not, I don't know, from, from, from your heritage and from, from, from your place or, you know, like in this case, for example, that, that's the girl from Utah that goes to prom with like a Chinese dress knows that maybe that Chinese dress is a funeral Chinese dress. You know what I mean? And it's very like, I'm like, it's not great to go to like a prom party with like a funeral Chinese dress on maybe. <laughs> I'm just putting out like this way, you know what I mean? It's right, like, right. I see, I see, I see, for example, like a lot of like, uh, in Italy right now, there's like this very big thing of like using all of like stuff from Morocco and from like, cause they look very ethnic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it is a very, very strong culture that we have right across the sea. Right. Um, and, and I feel, I remember that like, it was like three or four years ago that we had a very similar issue with like a girl that went to like a party dressed basically with like, uh, one of those Moroccan suits for like, uh, funerals oh. and the whole Moroccan community in Italy was like pissed. Uh, <laughs> and the girl was like, why? I was like, because you dress them for like, as your matriarch in your community, when, when your matriarch in your community die, we, we dress in that way. Oh, and you know what I mean? Yeah. I can, I can see that why, why people got pissed. Right. Um, again, there, there's, there has to be a little bit of understanding about on both sides, I feel. That's right, my opinion. Right. <clears throat> I have a question. Uh, did you read yeah. Did you read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers? I did Outliers? not. Okay, so in that book, just a little brush up, he talks about um, this Italian community in Pennsylvania called Rosetto. Mm-hmm. When he called, he 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 coined it the Rosetto effect, and basically um, a bunch of a bunch of men left from Rosetto Valfatore Valley of the Roses. In mm-hmm. um in southern southern Italy, mm-hmm. uh, in the 1800s, and they settled in a town in Pennsylvania, and they basically built this town like, just like their their Italian town back home, and the the houses were clustered together, and they maintained the tradition of their hometown, and so these sociologists ended up doing some research because it seemed that people from that town, uh, they they didn't have like heart disease under 65. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, and Malcolm Gladwell talks about this because he's talking about how this town is an outlier compared to the rest of the U.S. It had all these different stats and it had to do, he was he was kind of correlating it to community and to culture and to belonging and how that social network really uh, affects the physical health of the human spirit. Um, so I'm going to read this little thing. It's crazy. Yeah, go Wolf, for it. along with a soci- sociologist named Brune, conducted a study and invited the entire population of Rosetto to be tested. The results were astonishing. Virtually no one under 55 died of a heart attack. For men over 65, the death rate from heart attack was half that of the United States as a whole. And the death rate from all causes was 35% lower than it, than it should have been. There was no suicide, no alcoholism, no drug addiction, and little crime to speak of. No one was on welfare, and no one even suffered from peptic ulcers. These people died of old age. That's it. And so he was talking about um, kind of the strength of culture and tradition and community. And when you live in community with other people closely, how that actually has like a a, a physical effect on your well-being. Um, And that, you know, he's trying, he's comparing that to the U.S. where we, where we often live so spread out and so isolated and we don't have a, a unifying story or narrative or culture and how that can kind of lead to, you know, physical ailments. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, what what would you say to that? Do you do you think that that's a benefit of Italian culture? Do you think people live longer and and don't have as many problems as Americans? I would say probably used to okay. uh, live longer. I mean, there's uh, let me let me tell you this. Like, I feel that there's like a lot of uh, Americans have the tendency to romanticize a lot what Italy is about today. Right. Um, I feel that what you're describing is is. Uh, uh, a mirror facing Italy, probably is still like in the sixties and the seventies, I would say. But I mean, globalization hit uh, the world everywhere. I feel, and and I, and I feel that that kind of like yeah, they have Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, and, yeah. Not, not even that, but you're just talking about like the rhythm of our life. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like the pace of our life. Like what what kind of pace we have uh, when we go to work, when we come home, when we go to sleep. You know, and that repeat sort of thing. So you guys uh, are like, are you saying like? You know, you, like I, one of the things that, you know, you, you notice right away as an American is like the siesta in the afternoon, like shops close down and people go home. And uh, it, it depends where, like it, it very depends where you're talking about. Siesta is like a very Spanish term, like it indicates like a very like southwest, sorry, southeast Spanish kind of like. Um, yeah, that's the only costume. thing I knew what to call it. When but, I was but in Spain. Yeah, they would. Th- there would be nothing open at dinner time, and then you would go out to eat at like 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I feel it's their it's their life cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that is true, but it's also there's nothing open at uh, like eight o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah, because if everyone is eating like at 10, 11, and stop eating at 12, it means that I'm not going to be at work until like probably 10. <laughs> Right. Of the yeah. morning after, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's just like I think it just like it's my kind of culture. Whole, but yeah, globalization, <laughs> but globalization can start to affect that because then they're like, "Well, you're going to be up and you no, order your yeah, of no. course." Like I think like if you go to like cities like Barcelona or like Madrid and like especially Madrid that has the tendency to be a little bit more central as far as like economy. And so if you go to Milan, so if you go to Paris or or, or Berlin. Uh, you find that the 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 pace the pace of like the life and the people that live over there, it's very occidental in 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 a lot of ways. So I mean, I don't really see that much different into in between like a frenetic life into London and a frenetic life into New York City, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I can see that both point. Uh, I feel that there is like. The people that immigrated to this country are people that belong to like a different era from mine, for example. Right, and they were able to kind of maintain their bubble because they yes. were in a small town in Pennsylvania. It wasn't in yes. New York City that they were. Yes, yeah. but also, but also, I feel that they were coming from like a different, like they're maybe like our parents' generation, maybe right. like our grandparents' generation. They, my generation, our generation, it's it's a generation that is not like that. I hmm. feel anymore. There's still a little bit of resemblance if that's the right term to say that of um of memories and like and 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 i don't say and culture and stuff like that but like the the attachment to food for example right the 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 importance of 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 keeping your family recipe which sounds like something very cheesy to say right but um i mean they're they're they're, these old ladies are dying and there's no one is cooking and the italian cuisine is probably gonna sink a little bit as far as tradition because if our generation is not the one that embraced that and embrace cooking and, and which as part of one of the traditions that we have and then there's no one that actually keeps the tradition alive uh, because my generation our generation is a generation that lived 
with a path that is very very modern like in a way right that's the crazy thing about the data though is that Mm -hmm. if you can actually live longer with tradition with this stuff like that's that's the thing is like the medical community has difficulty accepting these findings that these sociologists found about this community uh, basically, it's it's saying you have to look beyond the individual. You have to understand the culture, the friends, the families, and and mm-hmm. and. Uh, it reminds me of. Oh, sorry, I cut you off, but I, I was going to say it reminds me of often you read those articles about how the old people kind of die together. The husband dies, and, mm-hmm. and then the wife dies right afterwards, like a couple of months later. Yeah, or a couple, even sometimes even hours or minutes. It's like um, there's this will to live part of being a human. And I think what you're talking about, Matt, is when people have these great communities and they've got a lot of friends and they've got a lot of time together and they feel they're, they're in something bigger than themselves. It's almost like they're, it, 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 it almost like it gives their body an extra burst of life. That's like, yeah. there's some, there's some chemical reaction that's happening. that's keeping these people alive. And how do we maintain think- that? Because we, we definitely want the benefits of that, right? Like we don't want to die at, of a heart attack at 55. Sure. So, yeah, but it's sure. like, the but the future seems to be, you know, you, you take two steps forward and that's kind of what the theme of this podcast seems to me is like, you know, we we romanticize the good parts of Italy, but we don't see the bad sides. And we 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 hate the bad sides of America, but we don't see the good sides. And it seems like as we progress into the future, as we're getting better at things, we're often forgetting the downsides of the future world we live in, where we're so yeah. fragmented from each other that we're not bumping into each other and having those interactions and having that thing that we used to. Because it's like, oh, I don't need anybody in my community because everything I have came from Amazon. on the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so you have this disconnection. So it seems like the, the problem with the future is that we're going to have a lot less community. We're not going to rely on each other like we used to. And that might actually I cause us to we die al- young. We already don't, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. we already don't rely on each other or family. I mean, it's like you're out of your house at 16 and or 18 or whatever, and then you know, you're kind of on your own. And that's the American way. That's the American individualism. That's why people succeed and they do have upward mobility because they're not expected to just do what their father did, you know, but at the, on, on, on the flip side of that, yeah, like you're saying, there's, there's, there's the other side of the coin where it's like, well, maybe there's something to this community and this tradition and, and, uh, and maybe that actually improves your health and your longevity. So mm-hmm. can you have both is the question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, 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 I maybe <laughs> I hope so. What do you guys think? Like, I, I feel that there's, um, I don't know that there's, there's a lot of, 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 of that that has to, to, to be linked into the fact that we are extremely connected to each other, but never, yeah, directly, like physically. Right. Like, I'm connected with you guys right now because we're like in three different places, probably, um, as far as I am understanding. Right. And yeah. we're talking like with a phone and, and yeah, sure, it's great, but it's like I don't have you guys right here in my in in the sitting room of my in my house, right? Chit chatting, which right. is completely different, and I create like a very different perception of yeah, your sense of community and your community. I feel right. Um, I, I I also feel that one 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 more thing. I I I get the the fact that the whole philosophical aspect of the thing. There's also a very much more practical side of it, which I feel it's like the everyday life. Uh, that is completely different from what our everyday life is, right? Mm. Because I feel that like living in a place where, I don't know, sure, you work in your uh, whatever farm, bakery, butcher, or whatever, it's a shop or like an activity that is needed in your tiny 200 
souls community mm-hmm. uh, well that also create like a kind of like lifestyle that definitely keep you a little bit i don't know stronger like um um i mean my my great grandmother i think she never stopped working technically like if she was a, a housewife she never stopped taking care of her kids until she died huh. and she died like i think at 92 or something like that and i mean she was cooking for like sorry my great grandmother um and she was cooking for like tons of people and that's what she did forever you know what i mean and i feel that that kind of thing that that i don't know like you don't have like a desk job you know what i mean that's that's it's it's not the same thing i don't i don't don't see any human being being able to perform a desk job when you're 92 it's completely related to your family and caring for them yeah yeah and also and also i feel that it's just like just the quality of it just the quality of your everyday life that a person like her had Hmm. You know, I mean, and I'm not saying that it's the best. I'm just like, of course, like she couldn't travel. She was stuck at home, like taking care of like family and everything. But like, if you compare that to like a random citizen in New York City that work 12 hour a day at a desk job and commute four underground, right. think about that. What's right? more, so think, what's more meaningful? Yeah. Yeah. What's more, what's more meaningful? But also what, what keeps your life better, right. like fresher, you right. know what I mean? Well, it feels um, like, you know, it's funny. It, it it definitely feels like the times I've lived in the city, and I've noticed this, you know, from animals. If you put a bunch of animals in a small environment, they start to fight and eat each other. But if you let, if they have a lot of, you know, like if you put like 10 rats in a cage and you, it's a small cage, they will eat each other. Um, and, you know, I've seen this firsthand. But if you have them like spread out, it's like they're they're more calm and they're more, you know, accepting of one another. And I think that the problem is, in some of these major cities is you've got millions and millions and millions of people stacked on top of each other. So everywhere you go, people are just annoying you just mm-hmm. getting to work. You're bumping into them in the subway. You're bumping them on this, you know, yeah. and then someone tries to spills your coffee and then someone's in your way and someone cuts in line. You're just, by the time you get to work, you're so pissed off at the human <laughs> beings around you that it's like, you can't appreciate anybody. And then you yeah. sit and work and then you're already kind of on edge. And then you've got to deal with just the bullshit of a nine to five. And then you got to go back through it, that maze to get back home to then get five minutes on the couch just to go, oh, I can rest. I'm not around another human being. And I think I think the times I've lived in the in the country, it's like everyone was waving to you. Everyone said hi to you and people would stop and chat because they didn't. It was almost like they didn't have a lot of interactions like everywhere they went. They were running. It was like people were Mm -hmm. people again. And I feel like, you know, just the times on tour I've been on such polar opposites, right? They've been in the country or I've been in the middle of nowhere or I've been in the middle of the city. And I, and I felt that tension and some people thrive in that. I mean, I'm not saying that like New York city is the devil, but it, in a lot of ways it's just not for me, but I've seen how people's psychology and just their mentality, it changes when they get a little bit of space and they, they start to see people as people again, and not rats. Well, the, lo- yeah, location, totally. the location is everything. I mean, just, just from this Rosetto, um, or uh, Rosetto's effect. Um, this said it said it here. the The study concluded that it was not diet diet related. So all their health benefits was not diet related. The Rosettans' Mediterranean diet was altered to some extent by the unavailability of products such as olive oil. Instead, the Rosettans cooked with lard, smoked heavily, and many Jeez. struggled with obesity. The study also revealed that it wasn't genetics, and it wasn't the specific location in Pennsylvania where Rosetto was situated it was Rosetto ex- itself they looked at how the Rosettans visited each other on a daily basis stopping to chat or cooking for each other in the backyard 
Extended family clans were the norm, where three generations commonly living under the same roof. There was an enormous respect commanded by the grandparents who were part of the clan. They went to mass and saw the calming and unifying effect of the church. There were 22 civic associations in a town of less than 2,000 people. The Rosettans had created a social structure which insulated them from the pressures of the modern world. They were healthy because of where they were from and the world they had created for themselves. That's crazy. Like, that's what Nate's talking about. Like, out in the country, you get a bit more of that where there's a lot of generations living maybe close together or under the same roof. People are taking care of each other. And uh, and this is like directly tying it to your physical health. That's crazy. It's true. It is, it is, I think it's extremely true. The thing that I feel that like, you know, it's not, uh, I mean, health-wise, yes, all of that is completely correct. The thing that, I, for example, coming from maybe a generation prior to mine, would have been coming from Italy, it's like the lack of chances and possibility that you have, for example, in a place like this one. And I feel that, like United States I'm talking about, and I feel that the, the reason why, it's also because, as we were talking about before, uh, culture and, 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 and society was a little bit more, I mean, more spread out and a little bit less central. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. um, I don't know how to, sp- to explain that in, in better terms, but like, my my mother didn't, and my father, even the, the generation prior to them, didn't really have like um, like a goal to achieve outside of the country. You know, what I mean, right. I'm not saying that because I I'm here and I live in California right now. But even the chance to think that that was possible was not in their horizon whatsoever. You know what I mean? And I and I think that that's very something that is extremely related to what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the central culture and the sense of, of your culture in your, even in your small community, because those very old small communities, they're also, they're, they're, they're very starborn to change. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, maybe health wise, they're great. Maybe other they're, they're different people that never gonna get to figure it out how to, I don't know, discover penicillin. Right. Um, be, <laughs> because there's, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to sound like too dark and like, uh, right. always try to like find the pickle. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the conversation, but like, there's a there's there's a pro and con in all of that, right? And right. I, I believe in this society and, and yeah, how this yeah. society is shaped in the interaction in the in the in the social interaction in the but also in the good side of the work environment that this society uh, has created, comparatively speaking to Italy, right? Yeah, it, it's it's so wonderfully put this whole idea you're talking about in the story of Disney's Moana. <laughs> stay in the, stay in the town right yeah she just yeah. She, she just wants to leave her island and right dad dad's like you know you can't leave this is where we stay my kids love that love that movie that's the so. hero's journey because the island's actually dying and that's that's the status quo will never stay the status quo unless you have people go out the hero go out into the wilderness and get you know face the dragon or face the chaos and then come back and update the uh the culture which is the order side of things i would say that it sounds like the ideal society would have something that the italians have but then also have this sort of way you send some heroes out yeah Mm -hmm. come and go to go up some updates like hey (laughs) you guys wild dogs have been running on the streets for the last 200 years yes Maybe we should get, you know, the pound installed and get some of these yeah. wild dogs off the streets. No, yeah. they just run free. Everyone takes care of them. That was one thing that I thought was hilarious was just like the amount of wild animals just running around in mm-hmm. Europe. 
Nobody and cared. It was the like thing, the, the thing oh. about that is just like the reactions and times that you have is not even so like peaceful as you put it out this way, right? Like it's it's sometimes like what do you mean like why we have dogs over here? It's like dogs have been over here for ever and, you, and, and like you're like i'm like and it's not like a stupid question right because you feel like you're asking like a very dumb question when someone someone has like a very uh, not aggressive but a very like dry uh re- reaction to it uh so well you think you know better uh, yeah, yeah exactly it's like yeah. well I'm, i think so actually i i just remember walking down the street one time and we were like on the opposite side of the road sam and i were walking and there was just this two wild dogs just going down the street. And for like five minutes, we were following them on the opposite side. They kept biting everybody that came, came down. Yeah. So we started to laugh like, oh, they're going to bite this next couple. Here they come. <laughs> oh, they just bit them. And the guys were like, ow. And then they kept walking. <laughs> no, and nobody did anything. And nobody cared. And Sam and I thought it was hilarious. We're like, if there were two wild dogs in America just going down the street. Biting people. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, it would it would end really quickly. It would <laughs> yeah. it would be it would be like on the evening news, like yeah, two yeah, sure. two wild dogs walking down the street. National bit fifty people, but <laughs> but these people were getting bit by these dogs, and they just kept going. Like, oh yeah, I get bit every day. No big deal, <laughs> whatever. And and uh, at one point, I was like, Sam, these dogs could turn around and come right at us. Are we stupid for walking this direction? <laughs> but anyway, but I remember thinking that just like there's just these little examples. Of how you just – it's like nobody nobody cares and nobody's cared for 150, 200, 300, 400 years. So it just kind of stays that way. Like yeah. cares. But for some reason, everyone here cares about every stupid thing. <laughs> like sometimes I wish we didn't care as much as we care. I don't know if that makes sense. but Yeah, no, it uh, does. It does. And it's true. Like honestly, sometimes it drives me nuts, uh, the level of like – yeah, care as you want to put it on that way over here. But I feel that like professional, like in a, in 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 a, in a, you know in a, as a worker, um, it's something that, that I very much appreciate. As a citizen, sometimes <laughs> let's let, let's. I think it's just a good. What are some examples of like you come over here and you're like, people care about that, really? Like I remember, I was I don't remember exactly where we were. Um, I think we were yeah, in, I think we we're in Ohio. Uh, where my wife is from, and I believe that in their town, like which is right outside of Cincinnati, um, they don't serve alcohol or like the liquor shops are like closed. Oh no, sorry, we were in Baltimore, where my brother-in-law lives, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think it was like a Sunday, and there were like the liquor shop weren't open till like one. Right. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> It's like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, yeah, because people like it's it's Sunday. I'm like, like so people are like at home. It's like, no, 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 it's just like a religious thing. And I'm like, a what? I just couldn't like, I couldn't understand it. Like, I just didn't understand like why yeah. it, it was so probably, like a weird thing to me. Couldn't understand prohibition either. Yeah, or like all <laughs> That's of an that. American thing. Yeah. All of that. Yeah, and, yeah you, you know can't what? buy alcohol. You can't buy alcohol on Sunday in Tennessee. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, still. It's, that that kind of stuff, Still. like you know, like I work in a restaurant. Like I'm one director of of, of my of the restaurant I work for, and uh, sometimes I got customer. They ask me to like ship wine to them, and and it's it can be like uh, a little a little tricky. And to me, it was like, what do you mean? Like when when I asked like my coworker, how are like the um what should I do? You know, when I have like a customer ask me for like a bottle of 
a pack of 12 to be shipped. And they were like, well, I mean, you need to ask which state because they are dry state. I was like, what do you mean, like dry state? Like, I just don't understand. And to me, it was like so weird, like as a rule <laughs> to have in a country as being a country united. Like, if I think about that in Italy, I was like, no, well, I mean, you cannot pass from Tuscany. If you want to ship, you need to ship from like Emilia Romagna because Tuscany, no, they don't want booze over there. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> it's, 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 you know what I mean? That kind of stuff, that kind of level of, 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 of weirdness, maybe. It's a thing that that sometimes I like. Really, guys? Um, <laughs> like beaches, like closed, like on Sundays too. Sometimes, like in the East Coast as well. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, like oddness, uh, but I feel that there's I feel that there's this kind of stuff. It's like maybe everywhere. I'm maybe more sensitive because it's not something I'm used to. Uh, probably. So I feel I felt it and I feel it as a little, a little more weird, right. uh, comparatively speaking. But yeah, that, that, that level of, um, yeah, that's how I feel every time I go on Twitter, I'm just like, (laughs) how can this many people care about this many things? Uh, it's just, it's, it's unsustainable. It feels like there's so much outrage. Um, like the other day I was like watching this girl get so upset. She was upset at another person who had a podcast who was kind of influential and she was making comments about how there was so much lack of diversity on that other person's podcast. And I'm just thinking, there's a billion podcasts, and it's really, really hard to get guests on a podcast. And this person counted all the guests and, and divided them, you know, people of color and white, and then started this whole chain of frustration that they didn't have enough diversity on the podcast as guests. And I was just like, people have way too much time on their hands. They need mm-hmm. to be, they need to be making noodles from scratch. <laughs> it's true. It is very true. You need to get these people to work. Uh, they it need is to be very true. pulling all of. I, I feel that they should worry about their, 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 the the real problems more than everything, which is, can be also making noodles from scratch. Uh, but um, but yeah, and for the, sure. And that's coming back. It seems like the 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 pendulum is swinging back a little bit. Like, and we could probably end on something in this realm of like. You have a culture now that's been for the last 30 years, everything has come from some far off place and it's made very cheap and it's made crappy. And now it's like if there's a dude in town that makes his own leather wallets, everyone's like, I bought this leather wallet from Joe. Where? Joe's leather shop right there. And it's just like this, oh, like connection to it. It's authentic. It's real. It's mm-hmm. it's artisan. Can you speak a little bit to that? Because like I, I, sometimes, you know, Things that come from Italy are like, oh, that's real. That's legit. That's not fake. Well, um, again, as I was saying before, yeah, I was gonna, as I was going to say, some of us saying before, yeah, it's like some of it is and the stuff that are not, I feel that there's, it's being given value just out of the exotic um, aspect of the, of the product. Yeah. Um, it's the same way of like being in Europe and having like, you guys are all both musicians, of having like a Fender made in the States, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's made in the States and then, that it yeah. adds value because it, I think it's it has that kind of foreign, like exotic vibe to it. How do I say that the artisan part of it, um, yeah. which definitely yeah. evaluate evaluate the purchase of of whatever the, that goods is like. But it's gotta it be funny if like your whole life you you know you come from a town that just makes things because that's what you eat and that's what you drink, and then over here it's like a thing. It's like oh. No. Yeah, it's it's more the thing that more than everything, like I, I feel that sometimes it's something that it's kind of like weird to me is when people is like, oh, you know, we made this, and it's like, yeah, 
<laughs> like, no, no, we made this with our hands. I'm like, yeah, what you, what would you use? Like your feet? It's like, and no, the, we ship it I mean? from it's China like, normally. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's the, that's the thing, especially working in in restaurants and like going to dine out and checking new spots in the city. It's like, yeah, they make pasta from scratch. It's like, thank God. Yeah. Like otherwise, like they shouldn't charge thirty bucks for a plate of pasta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so I, I. I I, I see I, again. I, I feel that coming over here, uh, the, the, there's there's still like a little bit of, of that necessity because that's what people crave, right? That's what people go out for, whether it's a restaurant or, or where they go to your Joe shop of, uh, in your uh, neighborhood and go through like that leather uh, wallet that they like because they, I don't know, they saw it to one of their friends or something like that. Right. But it's still like something that has like a good value because there's, I don't know craftsmanship behind it and yeah here i think that here there's there's still a little bit of that thing it's hard back. to find it's, it's a, hard it's, to find it's a reactionary thing though it's, it's more yeah, of a, it is. yeah it's coming back now because people don't like these they don't like to just buy garbage that's going to be garbage next year well you get tricked you get yeah. tricked into buying something that's supposed to be good and then you're like what this is this is fake this is this is this is crappy like i don't know I feel like that happens a lot when you're just a tourist. You go to whatever country you go to, you get suckered into these tourist traps, and basically they they sell they sell you something that seems authentic and it's not. And I think there's something part about the human brain. It's like I want the real thing. I want the real deal. I want what all the locals are having. I want yeah, to go yeah. where all the locals are going. And that was why it was great to hit hit you up because you you knew you knew the difference. And it, it, you know, if you're out from, from out of town, you just don't know because it's so hard to know because everything looks like it's authentic and it's just not, um, like I was reading an article the other day, it's like 90 something percent of olive oil is fake. Mm -hmm. It's not even real. It's not what? even olives. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like mixed with all kinds of shit oil. I feel so and, lied to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, when you go, to, when you go to Italy and you have, and they bring out, like if you go to a nice restaurant and they, bring out a little bit of bread and a little bit of olive oil and you have it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is olive oil. Yep. Like, like I olives. could tell. <laughs> you, you, and you taste it and it's like, oh, that's what, that's what the fuss is about. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it's just, yeah. It, so how, maybe give us some tips, you know, like pretend like you're doing some kind of like top 10 things you got to do. What olive oil should we buy? <laughs> and what, what wine should we buy? Where should we go in Italy? And give us a, give us some pointers because I'm sure uh, some people are going on trips and that's great. Uh, I mean, again, I don't want to aim from my region. My region is pretty famous for I mean Florence being uh, capital of Tuscany and all of that. But I feel that like if you guys are a little bit more on, into like scoring a little bit more like the rural part of, of Italy and a little bit more of that, mm -hmm. yeah, what's what we've been talking about um, Umbria. That I think you've been actually Nate. Um, it's beautiful. Um, there's Wait, a what is it? What was it called again? Umbria, like Umbria. with Perugia, uh, Sisi, Orvieto. Ah. Uh, so like I went to Orvieto, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were in Umbria, so you were in that region. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, Loved it. I, I, that's that's a beautiful place, and it's again there's a like a lot of food. Like the food scene over there is pretty strong. Um, especially like you made me thought about olive oil. I think it's probably one of the, one of my favorite ones. Um, cause you know, like every region has its own olive oil and every region has yeah. its own taste of olive oil. There's, they, they taste completely different wow. because of the weather and how do the, you buy this stuff? It is an American. How do you, uh, buy it? my mom generally brought that kind of stuff to me. Like uh, she can it at home and she brings like five tanks of olive oil 
in our in one of our uh, suitcases when she comes over here. <laughs> well, as far as like buying it for yourself, thank you. Um, <laughs> as far as buying for yourself over here, it's kind of tricky. You need to know a little bit. You need to do a little bit of research on the producers and maybe like see where the source. Uh, also, like I feel that especially on, on like can or like um, yeah, uh, like packed products. Uh, it's very useful to like know how to read um, like labels and barcodes, hmm. um, and that'd be like the understanding if actually the Italian olive oil is marked as Italian is being produced in Italy or is being produced in I don't know Tunisia or Chile, or you know what I mean, right. uh, and being just canned and 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 bottled or bottled in Italy um, because that's sometimes very tricky. So I feel that that's another good tip to. Say, well, the mafia, um, the mafia is not going to let the good stuff go out. <laughs> no, it is. It is very true. It is very true. They're very, they're they're very, s- they are very protective. Yeah, they are. They are, <laughs> they are very gonna, protective. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, it was it was astonishing. I was just like, gosh. I mean, I I gotta call Eugenio. I gotta I gotta get the wine. Um, but that's that's how that's how we started that infamous olive oil and wine business the three of us right here this is how you get the <laughs> yeah. real deal yeah we've got yeah. the guy that knows how to get to the source and then we're we're gonna we're gonna use that american entrepreneurship we, and yeah you, you get tangled up with the mafia you try that stuff i want to <laughs> stay clean i mean it's i mean that was part of the article they actually said that they said that you know because strong ties to political stuff and they didn't say aka mafia but basically hinted at it that you know the good stuff stays um <laughs> It's, well, it's, 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 also, it's hard. It, it, one thing that I have to say is it's very hard to like ship and import like stuff um, outside of, of, of Europe right now, especially with the laws that are, that are in between um, yeah, American and, and in, I mean, United States and, and Italy. Mm-hmm. It's getting very, very hard for us as Italian to like export hmm. a little bit and, and, and ship outside of, 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 of Europe. Our products. Think about like all the issues where like you guys have with like the different kind of milk that you need to have in a sand, in a in a in a, in a cheese and like pasteurized, unpasteurized, and blah blah blah. This, right. this, this this and that. And it's like, well, you can ship that, but only after like two months that it's been cured or whatever. Uh, and that kind of stuff like adds a lot of pressure into like um, shipping fees and all that kind of things. Right. And again, that is all. I, I like a shit ton of like products that unfortunately don't make it even to the border because they don't meet their requirements in mm. general. Mm. Uh, like I would say probably like out of 10, like eight out of 10 of the old charcuterie cold cuts, call them however you want, um, of Italy and cheeses don't make it to the United States because they're banned. Oh. How many? Eight out of 10? Yeah. Wow. That's sad. Um, that's why you gotta, that's why you gotta just go to Italy. To get the good yeah, charcuterie, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this is what we'll do, Eugenio. We'll we'll come. We'll bring some American culture over to Italy. Oh, please. And we so need, we'll, we need a little bit. The rich American culture. Have you ever had a cheeseburger? <laughs> <laughs> no, but people people will want to leave. They'll go. They'll want to go. They're like, we need to go to America. And I'll be like, no, you can just come to our house. <laughs> We'll, we'll give you a little like we'll give you a little show of what it's like. That way, you, you don't have to go on your hero's journey. You don't really want to go over there. 
And then we'll have I got a, an authentic we'll, Domino's pizza for you right here. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like consulting, and, and it's like, and it's wrapping bacon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like bacon wrapped yeah. everything. Yeah, it'll be it'll be the intermarry intermarry between yeah. actually going to America and you watching a YouTube video. You just go over to our house and yeah. you kind of get a little bit of that. We'll put some cream cheese on a hot dog for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll, ch- we'll, we'll charge you a little bit more than it would cost to fly to America, but <laughs> you'll be satisfied. You'll be like, yeah. And then we get to live till we're 97 with no heart attacks. <laughs> exactly. Win, right, win, right? win, win. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> All of our customers well, will die young, though. <laughs> I love it. Well, so if, you're, if, if you live in San Diego and you're listening to this podcast, what, what restaurant do you work at? And um, I work at Cucina Urbana, which is a restaurant in, uh, in Bakersfield, <clears throat> so close to downtown San Diego. Okay. I'm actually I'm actually leaving unfortunately soon. I haven't I haven't told you that Nate, but me and me and Tori are leaving to um here in California and we're moving to London. So Really? Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's so a big that's uh, a big step. Yeah, it's a big step. So we're right. well, I'm a little sad about, about leaving San Diego. It's a great place. It's been a very fun three years over here, but um yeah, we're heading to another adventure. Oh, that's what, what, fun. What's uh what's the draw to London over going back to? I'm stoked to like to have like uh to be able to work in a city like that because there's so much going on, yeah. uh, and the food scene is like amazing. Even if like of course everyone knows that Brits are generally pretty bad at cooking, but <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, yeah. the food the food scene in London it's 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 one of the best. It's I mean it's it's yeah it, I was probably it's one of the top three cities for food in the world wow. yeah uh, just for diversity and quality and um so i mean i'm i'm extremely excited about that that's cool yeah so you want to work up food is your passion and you want to yeah. just get closer to that yeah did you, you i'm sure you love chef's table i do i do i do there's there's, there's a couple of, of episodes that I, that I really feel about um yeah do you guys watch them yes oh yeah yes. yeah I was just like, oh man, it's I don't. Like the, I pla- been... the planet Earth of food shows, I call it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, I haven't done anything to this level of care or concern my whole life. Yeah, but your wife still loves you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just thought I just felt super like lazy, and like what a, what have I done with myself in my life for watching yeah, that? It... <laughs> there's there's a lot of passion for sure in into food seen right now in the world and i feel that it's great that there's been a lot of uh, attention to it mm-hmm. and importance of eating a little cleaner a little yeah little i mean i love that too. i i you love I, mean? I love growing my own food i got my garden gr- growing right now i was out there mm-hmm. this morning messing around with it um keeping the bugs off and all that stuff there's i i love farm to table movement i think that's fantastic i think it's the best tasting food I think when yeah. you pick when you pick something right off of whatever it's growing on and you eat it, it's the best. It always uh, yeah, tastes better for sure. It's and if it's growing in healthy soil, it tastes even better. And I, I think mean, that we were, we were talking about community before. I think that that's a great representation of a solid thing to do for communities and to reestablish communities. For example, hmm. the whole farm to table. Yeah, the whole farm to table. You talking about like, uh, a, like a community farm? Not even like a community farm, but like an involvement in the food that the community eats every day. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It takes you like know what I mean? you know, it takes several people to grow the food and get it to a certain place. Yeah, and more, most of the time you don't even see him. Yeah, but like connecting all those people together, like saying, "Hey, this guy's a great farmer. Mm-hmm. This is he grows this great product." 
these people are great at cooking. I'm going to start this place. We're going to connect all these people together. And throughout, and it's kind of old school in that sense is what it seems like you're saying. It's like the way that things used to be done. Yeah, communities organize around food. I mean, that's what it is. It's trading, trading food and cooking food and eating food together for sure. Yeah, and there's there's a thing that, I, and it's also educational, I feel, for like young people. I mean, there are like kids that come to my restaurant, they don't even know what a zucchino looks like. <laughs> and and it's like, how do I eat this? I'm like, with your hands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, it's a fried zucchini squash. It's as yeah. little zucchino, it has the flour injected with cheese, and it's been fried. It's pretty simple like yeah. you just need to eat it the thing that the fact that you don't know how to eat it means that you actually never saw one before <laughs> right so to me the fact that like the disconnect they saw this this big disconnection that you have with your food that you have in your plate right it's it's huge it's like it's a big problem and i feel that like yeah, yeah. about society and and like giving a little bit more sense to those very broad and large and and spread out community that we live in mm-hmm. will be definitely creating a little bit more of of uh about following into like what goes into our plates every day. Right. Um, I will be the yeah. first one to, to boycott the the big like Vons or whatever like large scale like <laughs> distributors, right? You know what I mean, like uh, of, of of food because I mean I want to give food to Nate and, and 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 support Nate that grows tomatoes and support Joe that grows uh, no corn. Right. And and in doing that, I feel that like if I support directly them, I just it's 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 the, that's a sense of community into doing that right. that yeah. we don't have anymore. And I feel that I, I think it's gonna it's gonna get we're gonna get back to that a little bit. Yeah. And I, we were talking about chef's table, and I feel that there's a couple of of chefs over there that are actually very ad- adamant about it. Um, right. Yeah, that's so. the future. That's the future. Awesome. Well, you, Eugenio, this has been really enlightening. Thanks for sharing. Thank uh, you, guys. Sharing with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for keeping up with my broken English. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I love better, it. It's better than mine. You said some words yeah. I had to use the dictionary for. So, Thank you so much for your time, guys. It was no, thank fun. you. And have fun in London, man. And we'll have to, uh, next time we're in London, we'll hang out. Yeah, please. Have a good one, man. Bye, folks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.